You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. one 800 060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au move, Then Deus Ex, Manila Playboy, he starts to wind up deeper. Then Romany, Northview Hustler, third quarter, 28-3 Dixon, able to just feed him a little bit of leather at the top of the lane and the fame train has taken off. Leap to fame and he's stopping all stations. He's got Melton, Newcastle, Menangle all on the radar and Leap to Fame does it easily. Leap to Fame, Tim's a trooper. Deus Ex, Manila Playboy. Yeah, for Grant Dixon, of course, Quinella the race as well. We did what we expected he would do again. Uh, leap to fame, and he backs up three weeks in a row. This time, it's the big one in Melton this weekend in Victoria. Chris Barsby, good morning, Chris. Yes, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. The Hunter Cup this Saturday night. Let me pose this question mm-hmm. to you straight up, Steve. Would you take a dollar thirty-five? Probably. Yeah. Mm. Where's he? Well, depends what, what's drawn inside <laughs> him. Well, he, he's got saddlecloth number six, but he'll start from five because the emergency has drawn one. So I'll read out the field. The barrier draw conducted earlier today uh, for the Hunter Cup. Can't find a better man. The emergency. Emergency gate one. Catch a wave two. So he'll start from the inside. Typo three. Curly James four. Sea Art five. Leap to Fame six. Better Eclipse seven. That's your front row. Second row runners. Max Delight. Spirit of St. Louis. Don't Stop Dreaming. Beyond Delight. Mac Dan. Canina Problema. Mm, it's a good race, isn't it? What about that race with Don't Stop Dreaming and the other good horse, better, better eclipse. Wasn't that a beauty? Yeah. They both had it, their, their chance in the race as well. Yep. Both had the perfect run and they both came away. Yeah. Over it was the only claim. a very small margin in favour of better eclipse. I was I was intrigued by a comment that I read where Mark Purden said he can win the Hunter Cup off that first up run because he said he'll tighten up a lot, he'll take a great deal of benefit from it. And then I just thought back... He's gone down by a narrow margin, Better Eclipse. Last time Better Eclipse met Leap to Fame, Inter-Dominion Grand mm. Final. How big was the margin? Yeah, huge. Yeah, so... But Catchaway's got blistering gate speed if they want to use it, but yeah. it's over the long trip. Yeah. So does he sit or... Oh, I think he will. Does Leap to Fame push on? I think, I think in a perfect world... They'll be keen to lead initially with Catch a Wave, and if they're going to release a horse, it's only going to be Leap to Fame, Fame. and they can well, just that's their sit best on bet. it. Yeah. So that that will be a fascinating contest in the home straight. These two horses, Leap to Fame straightens with the lead, and Catch a Wave gets that cold sit on him. It's going to be a good race up mm. the home straight. I remember last time they met some time ago where um, Catch a Wave led. I think Leap to Fame had to go around. Yeah, that was the Eureka. And then he got run down late by something that sat back in the field. Mm. Um, that was in Cypher. Yeah, and there you go. She's gone a miss across the weekend. She won on Saturday night inside for the Tab Eureka winner from last year. But uh, I think uh, she, she shattered a Paston bone. So she's been operated on. Uh, and it looks like, you know, she's going to make a full recovery. But whether they want to go back to the races with her or they just make the call to retire, that'll be up to the connections. But, uh, yeah, disappointing news that she has gone a miss. But... Um, you know, she was able to go out a winner if, if there's an upside to it. Mm-hmm. So, and Spirit of St. Louis was brave there on the weekend at Menangle, had to do a bit of work and yeah, battled away. Typo's a good horse. Uh, he, he probably yeah, where should... does he come from? He's ex Kiwi. Yeah, ex Kiwi. Brad Hewitt trains him, so he's from Goulburn. So, he probably should have a 
big race victory against his name. He's been a little unlucky in a few of the big ones that he's contested because most times he's drawn poorly. He's drawn well here, uh, but I don't think he's got the speed to head off catch a wave. So uh, not sure where he lands, but he's going to be handy. Uh, Curly James comes into this race. He's the last start Shepparton Cup winner. See art for Jason Grimson. Better Eclipse, as we know. Max Delight inside of the second row. Spirit of St. Louis, he'll take good benefit from that run. Um, don't Stop Dreaming, as we just mentioned. Beyond Delight, Mac Dan, Canina Problema, Canina Problema, last start, Ballarat Cup winner. So they might just find it a little difficult from their draws, but, uh, yeah, they haven't mucked around the other tab, boys. $1.35, leap to fame. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see if there's much movement throughout the week. Just trying to think of how many runs he's had at Melton. I think he's only was his only win there the Derby? Leap to uh, fame? He went around in the heat, got beaten by Captain Ravishing in the heat. That was the old rope-a-dope tactics, and then came out the uh, the week later in the final and blitzed them. Yeah, okay. And then, of course, he had that subsequent run that we, we talked about. He ran third. That was in, in the, the Victoria, Victoria Cup. Cup. Yep. Yeah. So, so, anyway, we know he's the best horse in the race. You just hope he doesn't have a gut buster and something runs over him late, Chris, is the bottom line. Well, I know HRV officials are working overtime because next week is the Cranbon Cup worth $100,000, and... That's been floated to the uh, the connections, and uh, it's on the table. But if he starts again there, that's going to be four weeks, weeks in a row. row. Yeah. And then he's got the Newcastle Mile and then the Miracle Mile only a couple of weeks later. So it'll be interesting, but it all depends how he's coming through the races. He might just need that, that run again next week if he has a fairly easy run this Saturday night. But it's a hunter car. They don't hand him out, so he's going to have to mm. earn it at some point. Yeah. Of course, Kevin Seymour, does he travel at all, Chris, and watch Leap to Fame? Or is he just watching him from home when he runs at a state, you know, um, the owner of the horse? I, I don't think he's been down to Melbourne to watch him. He didn't go down for the uh, Victoria Derby or the Victoria Cup. He was there for the, uh, the Eureka, the Tab Eureka. Not sure if he'll go down. I'm not sure. So it'll be interesting mm. if he does go and we get word that he is going. I think it's a, a pretty good sign. And just believe, uh, just again, did what he oh, does. He's, does just, yeah. he's just a machine, isn't he? He yeah. just keeps getting better and better. So he'll start on uh, on the weekend as well. So this is going to be the heat final format on the same night. So this is a fairly taxing assignment, arduous for all horses, not just just believe. So they're going to have two runs in the space of a couple of hours. But... Uh, yeah, this this is going to be a good test, but you'd be a brave man to tip against him going, mm. given how he's going right now. That's the beauty of horses like Just Believe in those races. You know, like there's nothing game enough to probably when when he moves around to, to sort of you know hold up. They just let him roll to the front. Yeah, well, that was the case there on the weekend. He got the yeah. lead there on the weekend. So I think uh, they've worked it out that you're not going to beat him by parking him. So if you can run second, that's probably as good as winning, really. Mm. And um, Queen Alita, of course, her record would look a lot better if he wasn't around. Yeah, too right. Yeah. Too right. She was terrific there on the weekend. So, you know, with a little bit of luck, she's going to be a, a real threat again to just believe. But um, as, I, as I mentioned, he's clearly the horse to beat. Yeah, look at his profile. He's past four starts. $1.12 when he won, of course, one of the heats the Inner Dominion, then he was dollar twenty in the final at Albion Park, dollar twenty eight upon resumption off a freshen up and dollar oh eight on Saturday night. So what's his record? Twenty five down from sixty seven, yeah. just believe Chris. Yep, and he's cracked a million dollars now. So first Australian bred trotter to crack a million dollars. And that's that's amazing in its own right, uh, that we haven't had an Australian bred trotter break a million dollars. So uh, he's the first on that list. So that's another record that can't be taken away from him. So he just continues to build on, on a very impressive CV. Tell me about this sire of his, Chris, Orlando uh, Vici. 
the sire of Just Believe. Yeah, he's a, he's a horse that's having a uh, a real uh, or making his mark now on Australian um, trotting. That's for sure and certain. So uh, beautifully bred horse. Uh, he's the sire of Olivici as well. Adele, the star trotting mare up here. She's a daughter of Olive, uh, of Orlando Vici. So um, he's got that real cosmopolitan sort of. Uh, flavour to his pedigree, Orlando Vici, uh, European with that little bit of American uh, bloodline as well, so now he's a he's a trotter that's doing a, a really good job and right now um, there's a lot of good trotters on the grand circuit side by Orlando Vici. What about Oscar Bonanova? When do we see that horse again in New Zealand? Yeah, I'm not sure, Steve. Um, I was hoping that, you know, he would have made the trip across with uh, Don't Stop Dreaming and he'd be ready for a, a race like this, the Great Southern Star. He would have added so much to it. It's still going to be a, a great race this weekend, this series, the heat and final. But if he had been here, I think it would have been very intriguing. But hopefully we won't uh, have to wait too much longer mm. and he'll step out in New Zealand. Merlin was successful across the weekend. Speaking of star Kiwis, of course, this was the horse invited to the Rising Sun last year. Didn't end up making it because of that little abscess. But he was able to beat his stable mate sooner the better, uh, both trained by uh, Barry Purden and Scott Phelan. They're bound for Sydney. They're definitely headed to the Chariots of Fire. So don't stop dreaming likely to clash with those uh, horses in the coming weeks. So that's going to be very exciting. I think the uh, the Chariots this year uh, is, is quite open. So you've got Merlin, sooner the better, don't stop dreaming, representing New Zealand. And then you've got the likes of Captain's Knock, better be the best, Emma Stewart, Clayton Tonkin with a big team there. And there's a number of others, including a couple of Queenslanders as well. For real life, Frankie Ferocious. For real life was meant to trial today, but those trials have been cancelled because of the uh, the weather. So they're just trying to preserve the racetracks. So the race meeting at Albion Park definitely proceeds, but the trials have been called off. So that might be a little spoke in the wheel for his trainer driver, Trent Dawson. Future Assured was also meant to trial as well. So they're both gearing up for a Sydney campaign. So there's a lot to look forward to with the chariots and uh, the those heats are going to take place uh, later this month. You know, I was looking at those drive, the drivers' premiership in New Zealand this morning. Chris John Dunn leads the premiership there at the moment over Blair Orange, Carter Delgetti, and Samantha Otley is running fourth there. Yeah, yeah, good bunch of drivers, no question about it. Uh, just with that big uh, race meeting at Ellerslie across the weekend, the Caraca Millions, Dexter Dunn back in town, and he was spotted there trackside on the weekend. So okay. uh, just taking in a bit of uh, live racing action from Ellerslie in the North Island. He was able to catch up with his brother John and his father uh, Robert. So good to see the other uh, champion driver back in action. And what can we expect this morning, Chris, with some of your interviews upcoming? Well, we're going to speak with a... Uh, a one of nature's gentlemen in, in just a moment. I wanted you to replay a race from the weekend. And uh, once we put this replay to air, I think most will be able to work out who we're going to chat with. Firstly, uh, Mark McNee. I think he's just scratched all of his horses. He might be flooded in as well. Right. So we'll get the update there with Mark. And Ralphie will be along a little bit later, hopefully, to steer us into a winner or two. And Sergeant Lou into the back straight is the leader, trying to go all the way. The race favourite is Sergeant Lou, and it leads by two metres on Uniquely Ideal. In the Victoria Harness Racing Club, Caduceus, three-year-old classic. In behind is D. Rowe. It'll await on the uh, Garrard Sprint Lane, and then came in fourth spot as Rudy G, taking off wide as Soho Honey Rider. And then the answer, three back on the inside from Komodo, now held up, and the Statesman around it. Off the back straight in 28.5 for the third quarter.
And the leader is uh, Sergeant Lou. A metre away second is uniquely ideal called on and D-Row awaits the run. Into the straight, the leader Sergeant Lou got away on uniquely ideal. Coming through was D-Row. Then came the answer. It's Sergeant Lou in front from D-Row. See, Sergeant Lou's giving plenty, holding D-Row. And Sergeant Lou goes all the way. Sergeant Lou, a terrific all-the-way winner beat uh, second home D-Row and third the answer. A good effort. And the gentleman that bred the horse is about to join us. Very well-known uh, racing writer, journalist, and just a passionate uh, horse breeder as well, Chris, yeah. an owner. He, he, he's one of, uh, as I said, nature's gentlemen, uh, Rob Orba, uh, very passionate about harness racing, calls harness racing, calls the greyhounds as well. He's a man of many talents. He does a lot of the interviews uh, trackside there at Melton each and every week, and he joins us this morning. Rob, good morning. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, Chris. Uh, good morning. Good to catch up with you, Chris. Uh, always uh, nice to talk to you if you've got a winner. <laughs> so, uh, no, um, it was a, it was a great thrill for us on uh, Saturday night with uh, with our boy. Uh, he's uh, he's going along well at the moment, uh, Chris, and he looks like a, a horse with uh, with a promising future. And you know, as as we know with horses, you just take one day at a time. But at the moment, uh, he's he's ticking all the right boxes. All right. First and foremost, I've got to ask the question: Were you? Uh, in that role of doing the trackside interviews on Saturday night? No, I, I was actually hosting Trot's Vision. Uh, so Steve Clee was doing the interviews, but it's fair to say that I left the host chair and uh, went down to uh, the presentation area. I thought I had to go and get a photo with the big boy. And uh, so that was uh, that was a nice uh, nice moment to, to be part of it. So Steve Cleave looked after the interview and he even interviewed myself. So uh, there you go. <laughs> it was uh, a bit stuff. of fun. Good stuff. Now, this guy, he looks pretty sharp. He's a three-year-old by this boom stallion, Sweet Lou. He's probably the number one stallion in the world right now. And he's come back this season. He's two for two. He was excellent first up at Shepparton. Even better there on the weekend. Yeah, look, he's uh, he's very well bred, Chris. As you know, he's out of the champion there, Bella's Delight. I mean, she won just under half a million dollars. Uh, and, look, uh, the whole family of sort of bred what, four or five generations of the family, um, you know, he, he's, he's been the pick of the, the, the bunch from day one. He, he's always had an amazing physique about him. He's just got great attitude. He, he ticks all the boxes as far as, uh, you know, he's got an amazing stride, a great will, really easy to work with, and he's just got everything. Uh, now he just needs to produce it on the racetrack. We always thought he had above average ability from day one we gave him a very early campaign as an early two-year-old we just gave him three starts and it was more just an education process and he the first two runs he probably should have won but he just he just his greenness got him beaten then he, he went to melton and won really easily um going about a 156 rate or so and we tipped him out gave him a good break and i, I was sort of hoping to bring him back just for the breeders crown i didn't want to run into vic bread and i gave him a long spell to try to slow slow the process down because i didn't really want to rush him the whole family that i've bred over long long generations they've all been very late maturing horses and i haven't had really any success as two-year-olds with any of the generations of, of this line and he was the first one that just jumped out of the ground and he, he came up, he's such an athletic horse, he, he keeps himself really fit and we, we gave him a stint in the Vic Bread series and just halfway through it, with, he, went, he went into it without a trial, he just developed a little bit of a cold and a bit of a cough and look, I, I just didn't want to take any risks with him and he performed probably a little bit below our expectation in the Vic Bread final, he just wasn't right so I just gave him a big spell and he's come back and 
Yeah, look, he, I've marked out five runs for this campaign. Look, our, our intention was to follow the path that we've followed so far, which is he's won both starts. And I wanted to see what he did on Saturday night prior to making the next call. There was a three-roll race at Cranbourne on the 10th of February or there was a Simpson sprint at Menangle on the 17th of Feb. And that Simpson sprint, you know, if you happen to win it, you go straight into the Derby final. So... Based on his run last week, he, he warrants a trip to Sydney. So we'll head up to Sydney now for the 17th of Feb. Uh, you know, we'll, it'll be a great learning experience for the horse. He, he, he's very good travelling. Like, he, he's not a hard horse to handle. He just gets a little bit of white line fever when he's in the, in the stalls area. But once he gets the gear on him, he, he's really good. Like, he's, he's a colt, but a really sensible colt. So... We'll take him to Sydney for the 17th. We'll see what comes out of it. Um, and then if, if, if he wins, obviously, he'll go straight into the derby, which is obviously our aim. If, uh, if he doesn't win, you know, he'll, he'll get a lot out of the experience. We'll go back for the heats on the 2nd of March. And, you know, his campaign will finish there and then he'll go for a really good spell and then we'll decide after that. But we've got our fingers crossed with him, Chris. He, he is a very, very good horse. Uh, it's just going to come down how good is he and none of us really know until he goes through it all. Okay. When he came back this time in as a three-year-old, that spell, how, how did he do? Like, did, did he develop and, and fill out? And is he like the, 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 the ready-made package now? Or is there yeah. still room for improvement? Oh, no. I, I don't think you'll see the best of this horse until the end of this year. Uh, look, you know, his mother, Bella's Delight, she had eight starts as a two-year-old. I think she ran one placing. Uh, and we always thought she was really special. And I gave her an early campaign. She went around in the Victoria Oaks early in the year. And then I tipped her out and brought her back. And that's when she just put everything together after that. Like she won two group ones and she came back as a four-year-old. I think she won uh, eight or nine out of ten races. And, and this horse, he really follows that path line. And I just feel like whatever he does over the next few weeks, for us, we're treating it as a bonus. We, we don't think he's 100% ready, but in saying that, his natural ability tells you that he's going to be very, very competitive. So uh, we'll, we'll give him this small campaign now, go back for a spell. But I, I, I really believe, uh, come back you know, at the end of this year, you know, it'll be the Victoria Derby, Breeders' Crown, Vic Bread. We're going to have a, quite a few choices to make. And, you know, he'll, he'll tell us. But I, I feel like there's a lot, lot more to come. All right. Uh, the other thing, uh, with that first up win at Shepparton, he was good, but he was just a little green and wayward. Was there any changes made to, to his gear going into that race there at Melton on the weekend? Well, I'll tell you what happened that night. He um, he got onto his bumpers really bad. He uh, and you know normally horses that have got enormous high speed, they 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 do tend to do that. Bella's delight did it, um, and and this bloke he, he surprised us because he hadn't done it at home or hadn't done it anywhere else. And I know they resurfaced the track at Shepparton. That uh, after he trialled there the week before. He went unbelievable at the trial. I don't know if you saw it, but he, he went he went 156 and 55 last half untouched at the trials, and he then went. We gave him. He went back to that first up run at Shep, and it was a it was a pretty easy win for him that night. But he got on his bumpers really bad on the home turn, and it just probably he probably felt it a little bit, and hence why he sort of ran off the track that day. So we um, we taped up his uh, his bumpers on Saturday night, and believe it or not, he still got on him a little bit. Uh, he still had uh, a little bit of um, you know just a, a bit of scratch of surface, you know, coming underneath the tape. So 
we 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 we're going to make a few other little slight changes. We changed the shoeing a little bit going into it, so we'll make a few more little changes again going into the Simpson Sprint. But one thing I'm really confident about the Menangle track will just he he will just relish it because he's just got the most amazing stride on him. And uh, we, we really believe that there's still a lot more to come. Yeah, that, that's one thing that stands out when you watch the replay. Just just his action. He's so efficient the way he goes about it. So that's exciting that he'll handle the big track. So let me pose this question. If he continues to take these uh, big strides forward, Simpson Memorial, then the New South Wales Derby. I know you've outlined a few of the, the long-range targets back home. But what about the Eureka? World's richest race, if his form is really strong, they're, they're, they're going to come knocking. So do you just sort of weigh it up if those offers come or do you start sort of looking at it now? Oh, look, I'll be honest with you, uh, Chris, as much as these races, there's so, there's so many choices. Obviously, Queensland's a, a choice as well. And, look, I think we'll just be determined by the horse. The horse needs to... He needs to really produce it on the racetrack now and... You know, trainers, owners, you know, sometimes everyone talks their horses up. And I, I, what we know, he's a really, really nice horse. I'm still not 100% sure exactly how good he is, but we know he's very good. We do know he's very good. So, look, everything will be on the cards. However, the horse will dictate what he goes in when he's ready for it. I mean, I'm not going to be swayed by prize money. I never have been. It's always the horse comes first. So... And, and being a cult too, you know, it's probably a little bit of an uncharted territory for us. I, I've sort of had a, a filly farm of very good mares over a long period of time. And, you know, Nikki Nono won the Victoria Oaks for me and, and Bella's Delight, obviously, with the Breeders' Crown. We've had a lot of really good performers with Monomia and Rockabella Stars. Those horses, you know, all, all went on 150 plus. So this is a bit of an uncharted territory for us because we do have a cult and, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that uh, when I bump into Grant Dixon, I'll, I'll be I'll be seeking some feedback from him on uh, on how to manage him best because uh, you know I don't know whether giving him long long breaks is a good thing for him. So we'll we'll just uh, I'll, I'll keep uh, keep leaning on people that have probably been there and done it and uh, get some advice from them and and then probably weigh it all up. All right, was he always going to stay a cult? Uh, this one was because yep. he's pretty special. Yep. <laughs> yes, fair enough. Now, what about Paul and Kari Males? You've been with them for so long. They've churned out a stack of winners, quality performers. You mentioned all the, the good horses that you've had. Uh, even that Trotter Red Hot too, they did a sensational job with that horse. What are they saying about Sergeant Luke? Uh, most excited horse that we've ever had. Look, it's uh, there's no question about it. He, he He's just head and shoulders above anything we've had. He's... Uh, He's pretty freakish, um, and, you know, I'm so happy for them because, look, you know, small stables, you know, they get overlooked uh, you know, from an outside world, and it's fair to say I don't think neither of them are media-savvy type people where they go out and, and, and blow their own trumpets, I suppose, where they're out on social media and all those type of things. They're just just genuine, beautiful people. That just There's no staff there. It's just the two of them. They have a great setup. They dedicate their whole life to the horses. And I have supported them all, all their lives because I, I, I can see, you know, and as, a, as a young teenager, I worked with horses myself. And you can see people who just genuinely do it for all the right reasons. And these guys are just special people for me. And um, I'm just so happy for them. And, and at the end of the day, even Mick Bellman, like Mick, 
given Mick an opportunity here for, with his horse. Like Mick, Mick's been around for a long time. He, he's yet to drive a Group One winner, and he's driven you know close to two thousand winners. Uh, I was looking up his prize money the other day. I think he's won about thirteen million dollars in prize money, nearly two thousand winners, and and yet he's uh, yet to drive a Group One winner. So. I would get a lot of uh, love and passion and uh, enjoyment if uh, we could pull one off with this horse with, uh, for these three people, uh, Paul and Kari and Mick Bellman. Well, for Mick Bellman, you'd need a crowbar to get him off the horse right now. <laughs> oh, it was quite funny. My uh, my 13-year-old said uh, he, he loves footy and, and Mick likes his footy as well. They were there uh, having a photo together at... Um, at uh, at the presentation the other day, and uh, Josh Josh turned around to my son and said to him, I, "I think I want to drive Nick." And he says, "No hope you get he got this horse, mate." <laughs> <laughs> give, give us a shout out. Uh, which which team uh, does your son support? Oh, he's he's, a, he's an avid Hawthorne supporter. Mick Bellman likes his uh, his his bombers. So uh, yeah, there's a bit of rival here, Hawthorne oh, yeah. We've never been. Uh, and and good luck to Queensland on the weekend. Leap to fame. Uh, fingers crossed. I, I you know. I love the horse. He's the best horse uh, in Australasia, and I just love him to win the Hunter Cup on Saturday night. And I wish all, all, all of his the very best of luck. Grant's just a, an amazing guy, and, and yeah, he, he's just a, such a special horse. Well, the barrier draw has been kind, so that's a good start for the campaign. That he's got a front row draw, and he's looked good in the two runs since he uh, he won the Inter Dominion. So um, yeah, it's going to be great to see him, and it's so important being a, a stallion himself. The Hunter Cup on the CV, it's going to mean a heck of a lot. Yeah, no doubt. And look, I don't think he needs to prove himself. Uh, if I can book my mares into him now, I'm happy to book him in now. If uh, Kevin Seymour wants to take some, <laughs> some nominations, I've got a couple of nice mares that I'd love to go to him. He, he's just, honestly, he's just a, such a great horse. And, you know, I love him dearly. And uh, I, I think he'll, uh, he's got more to come, but uh, he doesn't need to prove himself anymore. He, he's a great horse. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of the breeding, how many mares do you actually have and how many are being bred from? Look, uh, I've actually taken a step back this year. I've, I've actually had a, a year off with them all. Look, I've got five mares. Um, and look, my, my general plan was uh, over the journey. It was interesting when I first started. You know, I looked at people like Brian Hancock and uh, Bernard Kelly up at, at Wagga and how they just kept presenting winners after winners over long periods of time. And, you know, as a young person, I always... You know, have a chat to them and, and, and get some advice. And it, it all stemmed to one thing, and that was the, the quality of the brood mares that they had and the bloodlines of their mares. And so as a young person, I always thought, well, you know, I don't have the, uh, the finances of what those people have. And I, I thought, well, you know, I'll just start off slowly and, and try to build up. So my, my aim was always to get myself up to five really high-quality mares. Uh, and I've got that, and I've probably got a few extras there that uh, I keep looking at and thinking, what am I going to do? I, 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 yeah, it's a very expensive game, as you know, Chris. Mm. And it, 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 you, you put so much money into it, and sometimes you just go to work just to pay for the horses. You, you don't, <laughs> People can come up to you all the time and go, oh, gee, you're doing well. And I keep saying, well, only if you just saw, saw all the bills <laughs> that come my way, you know. Um, so, but I do it because I love it. You know, it's just a love for me. And, and, and look, I've got, uh, look, I've got, um, at the moment, obviously, I've got Bella's Delight, Nikki Nono. I've got Madame Melane over in Perth. Look, she won a group two for me over there, the Empire Rose. And I've got a couple of foals out of her over in WA. Um, and Rockabella Stars, I bred a, a, a beautiful art major filly from her in New South Wales. So she, she's going to get broken in by Robbie Morris. And Ross Oliveri's got me, me, me rising two-year-old out of uh, Madame Melane over in Perth. And, um, 
And as well as that, obviously, you know, coming through here now, I've got obviously Monomia, I've got Nikki Nana, who's going really well. Um, and, and obviously uh, LaBelle Bajou as well. She's in tomorrow night. I think she'll go really well tomorrow night at Geelong. So she might be one for uh, your listeners to have a couple of dollars each way on. Uh, and, you know, we, we've just got... They're all very well-bred mares. And, yeah, we just... I tried to give them... I try to rotate them now where I just give... Like, I'll, I'll breed one year out of Bella's Delight, give her a year off and then breed one with Nikki Nono. So I try to separate it a little bit. OK. Bella's Delight, will she be going back to Sweet Lou? She has got the most magnificent um, foal, which is a full sister to uh, Sergeant Lou. She's by Sweet Lou. She's got the most beautiful white pale face uh, on her, and she's honestly just like him as a foal, just just a standout. Um, I seem to have had success with giving the mares a, a year off, and their progeny just seems to be so much stronger and better in that second year after you've given them that year off, and... I'm finding that with all of them are foals. I've got a beautiful colt by Tall Dark Stranger who's about to get broken in out of Nikki Nono. And she's had three foals. We lost the third one out of Lazarus, which was a shame. But th- this fourth one, he's a colt by Tall Dark Stranger. And he's just an immaculate looking horse. So, you know, again, you know, it's, it's such a long journey, but you, you always. You always live in hope and dream. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've got uh, every right to be living and uh, hoping and dreaming right now with Sergeant Lou. He's been sensational so far. And that victory on Saturday night in the Caduceus Classic, a good horse's race as well, was stunning there. And he looked uh, so comfortable going 53-3. Onwards and upwards, Rob. Really appreciate the time and uh, stay well. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. Really appreciate you getting me on. And, and all the best with Leaps of Fame on uh, Saturday night. Come and take some money out of Victoria. Good on you. <laughs> There's Robbie Orbit joining us. So, uh, yeah, that's a, a sharp cult that he's got there, Sergeant Lou. So, nine starts, three wins, three minors, two for two this prep. And as Rob just outlined, he's bound for Sydney, Steve. So, the Simpson Memorial comes up on February 17, and then it's on to the Derby, which comes up around the same time as the Chariots of Fire and Miracle Mile. So, a lot to look forward to. And we'll keep an eye out for La Belle Bijou tomorrow mm. night at Geelong. So, good tip there for that yeah. runner. Just the feeling I get with Leap to Fame. I reckon Kevin Seymour just wants to see him race for the next couple of years. I don't think they're in any hurry whatsoever. Yeah. I, I, I'll be... I, I totally agree with that statement. And I think um, it'll be interesting. I reckon Kevin probably has set himself a, a, a goal with Leap to Fame as far as races that he wants to win and prize money that he wants to win by the end of this year. So it'll be interesting to see which way they go. So they've obviously got the Hunter Cup, uh, the Miracle Mile, they're the two big ones, and then you can throw in the Newcastle Mile, uh, the race in New Zealand, maybe the Cranbourne Cup. So it's just going to be very interesting mm. which way they go. And then he's obviously got the Carnival up here in July as well. So he'll be keen to win the yeah. Blacks of And I think with that health scare, and often people, you know, yeah. start thinking differently. Uh, they obviously had emergency heart surgery and that sort of thing leading into the Indominion. And uh, you start, you know, you look at you look at things differently. Um, and I just get a feeling that he just wants to see him race, just race, and he wants to see him win as many races as possible. Yep. The next couple of seasons. Our next guest is with us, Chris. Mark McNee joins us. Uh, he was said to have three runners today at Albion Park, but as we can see, there's a heap of late scratchings due to that uh, heavy overnight uh, rain, uh, in particular. In the uh, the northern part of Brisbane, probably northwest as well, a lot of uh, stables have been affected, and obviously Mark has been affected because all of his horses have now been deemed to be late scratchings. Mark is online. Mark, good morning. Morning, Chris. Thanks are, for having me. Are you flooded in? Yeah, I am. Yes, out at the the new place. Yeah, it's um, yeah. We've had a lot of rain overnight, so um, 
you know, a lot of roads are cut around me. So, um, you know, I may have been able to get out. Getting back in could have been an issue with the way it's, uh, all the floodwaters are coming up. No damage to the to the property? Uh, no, not really. Um, you know, a bit of a washout on the on the track, but um, you know, it wasn't wasn't too bad. So um, you know, it's more just say the water line around on the roads. Okay, so you had three runners set to to go around today, uh, highlighted by Naughty Galvanator. Just just quickly with this guy, uh, he's been awesome so far in 2024. We're fresh into the new year, but you couldn't have wished for a better start for this guy. No, that's right, Chris. He's um, probably surprised um, a few people, myself included. I always knew he had a little bit of ability, but he just seems to have gone to the next level um, from his two-year-old campaign. Whether he can keep taking the steps forward, you know, time will tell. And, you know, we're just going to take one race at a time and, um, you know, yeah, see how he just develops. Mm. Today would have been a good test. Yeah, it, it would have been... Um, you know, because of the 8.3-year-old claim, I was sort of just trying to work through, you know, do we get to that 50 rater and then really see where he was going to um, step to. But, um, you know, yeah, it was going to be a good race. Because of his, his um, high speed coming off the arm, you know, I just sort of leave those up to Matt now. You know, we'll have a bit of a discussion, but... Um, you know, he's just got high speed off the arm, but he can come off speed really good as well. So he's sort of surprising us a bit each race he has now. Mm. You, you trained his mum. She's a galvanator, and she was pretty handy, wasn't she? I reckon she recorded uh, a three-peat of victories at Reckler for a couple of years ago now, but she was probably uh, a filly that we didn't see the complete best of. Yeah, that's right. Um, the, the story behind her, Paul Border. Uh, from an APG sale, he bought her after the sale and always to breed with. That was his um, goal with her. And so he never wanted to race her for long. And then when I took over her training, um, she uh, she was always nervy and travelling in the float. She'd be a nervous wreck when I'd get to the race. So um, I moved into Redcliffe and... Um, uh, that suited her down to the ground, just training on the racetrack. Um, the nerves all went. I only had to walk her across the road. Um, that's why she done the majority of her racing there. I did play at Albion Park a couple of times, and, yeah, she'd get a little bit nervous. So, um, you know, I just said to Paul, we'll just try and, you know, win as many as we can here at Redcliffe. And um, and that's how, that's how it uh, all went uh, with her. So, And she'd become real versatile. She was real quick off the arm. I know one day Aiden Barnes drove her and he led from five, I think, and just run them off their legs and she won by 30 metres. And he came in and said she felt enormous. And um, then I last when uh, Ricky Elson drove her for me and she sat in the death at Reckliffe and won in really good time as well. Um, Peter Maris, Stewie Dixon's that was racing really good at the time. So she was a nice man. Paul only wanted to race her until she was four and then go to stud. So, um, and Lordy Galvanator, the, the result of her at this stage. And she's got a foal in the upcoming nutrient sale, the Sunshine Stars sale, by Tall Dark Stranger. Have you had a look at him yet? No. I have not, I have not seen, a, seen a picture when uh, it was a foal and that was it. So... Um, I won't actually see it now until uh, sale day. OK. I think he's going to attract a fair bit of interest. Yeah, I... Uh, 
probably now with the way Naughty Galvanate is going, probably yeah. increase the value. But, um, yeah, we'll just see what happens on the day, you know. Um, who knows? It's, uh, there's a lot of money around. Um, they decide to sell, you know. It'll just depend on the day. Yep. Well, stay safe. Uh, it's disappointing that you flooded in because we're looking forward to seeing Naughty Galvanator step out today. As I said, he's in super form. But stay safe, and hopefully there's uh, not too much more rain still to come today. Yeah, hopefully, Chris. It's not looking good at present. No, right it's, now it's, it's just bucketing down where I am. Yeah, so just had a look at the radar. Gee, cloud, basically, Caboolture right up the Sunshine Coast, really heavy at the moment. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not good. Mm. But anyway, we sold your right. Thanks, Mark. All right, no worries. There's Mark McNee joining us. Racetrack Ralphie is about to join us. So there's a stack of late scratchings coming through. Zealous Spur, Aurora, The Reaper, Dead Set Crazy, J-Row, uh, Lancelot Bromac, uh, True Grit Shadow, My Alderman Rudy, Naughty Galvanator, Madrigal. They're all deemed to be late What's ones. Lance up to now, starts-wise? 500 and... 500 and a lot. Wow. <laughs> so I'll just double check him. But, uh, what race is he in, Chris? I can have he a look. He was in race uh, five. Five? Uh, four. Race four, Lancelot Bromac. Here we go. So he was lining up today if he was to go around 533. So he's at 532, yeah. 34. Yeah. Just shy How of old 400. is he, Chris? Uh, he's, what, 13? Okay. What's the age no, 15. limit? 15. 15. So, hmm. yes. Anyway. There's... There's no age limit, I'm told. Okay. No, they, they Different to the gallops. Yeah, they got rid of that rule. As long as the horse is, is fit and well, and um, um, it'll be checked, obviously, by the vets and that, but uh, there's no age limit as far as harness racing is concerned anymore. So they can they can just keep going. So, yeah, he's 14 years of age, Lancelot Bremer. Apparently our next guest doesn't like Leap to Fame. He's potting Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask. That'll fire him up. Ralphie, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. Morning, Steve. Dollar thirty-five for the Hunter Cup after drawing the front row, albeit a little wide, but a dollar thirty-five. Are you happy with that? Yep, take it now. Take it now. Okay, okay. What do you think of him last Saturday night? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty cruisy. Never touched him. Did what he liked with him, and that was that was it. Okay. Well, that's Saturday night. We need a winner for today. Uh, this wet weather, it's it's quite wild. There's a heap of late scratching. So, what have you found for us today? We're going to go race five, number 12, Fat Finder. It's shaping up to be a fairly difficult day with this weather, but this guy does look the goods. The price isn't going to be anything fancy, but um, he looks a likely type, being the younger half-brother to uh, Future Assured, and he certainly inherited the uh, speed gene there, which was clearly evident when he had that win last week. He absolutely brained them. Today, he has the outside back and back row uh, draw, and uh, he's stepping up for the 2138 journey, but uh, let's lock him in, and uh, it's also the first leg of the quaddy, so I think we can stand him out there. Race 5, number 12, Fact Finder. All right, short but sweet with Fact Finder there. Race 5, number 12. There you go, Steve. He's tipping a, uh, a solid earth horse, so he's right on the bandwagon. Leap to fame. <laughs> he's got Fact Finder today. Yep, that's the way yeah. to go. So stick with the strength. Yeah. I'm just wondering, the title influence there at Albion Park, Chris, um, given the rain, and I see it's high tide around lunchtime today in Brisbane, isn't it? Yeah. That, Fa- fairly big one as well. Yeah. So that, that, that will be interesting mm. because, as we know, all those streets in and around Albion Park normally yeah. go under. So With um, the big full moon recently, we've had really big tides, and it's a fairly big one today, I see around, as I mm. say, around lunchtime mm. in Brisbane. So will we'll you be able to get there, Ralphie? 
Well, Chris, I'm uh, I'm over on the north side as well, and uh, it hasn't stopped raining here since about midnight last night. Um, they've just issued in the last half hour. They've just issued another forecast for this area. It doesn't look too good. So I think uh, if I come across a hurdle with, at the uh, at the first water jump, I might turn around and come home. What's interesting in Brisbane City, where we are at the moment, it's just been cloudy all morning with no rain the past couple of hours. Yeah, it has not stopped here. Mm. Mm. It's crazy at the moment. So stay safe and uh, stay safe. That's the way to go. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Thanks, Chris. There's Racetrack Ralphie joining us. So his best. Race five, number 12, Fact Finder. Short but sweet. And as he said, standing out in that first leg of the quaddy. And you can play a little wider in a few of those other legs. But make sure you stay up to date as far as the scratchings are concerned because it looks like there's going to be quite a few late scratchings coming through with uh, this flooding that's taking place. So a lot of stables are currently being affected.